Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 239. What really knocks me out is a book that when you're all done reading it, you wish that the author was a terrific friend of yours and you could call him up on the phone whenever you felt like it. That doesn't happen much, though. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special return guest here on Cars Yeah, the first one, David Dickinson. David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Well, kind of, Mark. I uh, I broke my lap belt in the last uh, demolition derby, but I've got a, a rope securely snug <laughs> around my waist, and I am ready to go. Oh, gosh. Oh, that paints a pretty picture. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we'll have some fun for sure. David Dickinson is the creator and editor of the old Carnet book series. David's books provide an opportunity for people to share their stories about life around cars, and how the old car hobby has enhanced their lives. His first two books, The Old Car Nut Book 1 and 2, have been received with open arms. David has now published a third book, The Old Car Nut Book Number 3, A Century of Travel Across America, focusing on enthusiast stories about travel. David is the first Cars Yeah! guest to return, as I mentioned, and I'm proud to say he accepted a story from me about a trip I took with my son Blake up the California coast in our Beck Spider. And as a special gift to Cars Yeah! listeners, David is offering something special that you'll learn about at the end of this show. The old Carnup book number three, A Century of Travel Across America, is something you're going to want to get your hands on and read. You'll find out what his special offer is again at the end of the show. So David, I told our listeners just a little about you. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your history? your career, and your passion for writing about old car nuts. Well, sure, Mark. Everyone has a road trip story, and book three in the series provides a sampling of accounts on the road from all over the country. Things like road trips up the Alcan Highway or traveling across country with Harold LeMay in search of cars and memorabilia for his amazing collection. Of course, uh, road trips are seldom without a bit of trouble here and there, and so we find ourselves sharing the stories of people running out of gas and having problems and and how they were solved. So book three stories tell of how the road brought friends and family closer together and 
and how new friends have a major impact on us. In the end, people are going to be really surprised and delighted at how giving and caring, how resourceful and inspiring people can be when the chips are down and the road begs us to keep going to our journey's end. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've all been there, done that, me included. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As we continue on this journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. And I say it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, David, take the wheel. Okay, Mark. Well, in the acknowledgments page of the second book in the old Carnet book series, I thanked everyone for being so supportive. And from individuals that have submitted their stories, readers that have posted wonderful reviews on Amazon, the journalists that have written reviews in magazines, radio talk show hosts like yourself that have invited me to share the old Carnet book on air, and and the many that have asked for the series to continue, well, the support and comments, the positive comments have been overwhelming. I like to communicate with those people. And so here's, here's the quote. It comes from J.D. Salinger from The Catcher in the Rye. And Wonderful. I used it in the introduction of book two. Yeah. What really knocks me out is a book that when you're all done reading it, you wish that the author was a terrific friend of yours. And you could call him up on the phone whenever you felt like it. That doesn't happen much, though. And that's the end of the quote. But, Mark, these books are, by their very nature, tremendously personal. And I take an extremely personal approach to them. So the people can contact me anytime, whether it be by phone or email. And if they don't see me at a car show or car-related event, I am available, you know, those ways. So, again, I encourage people to do it. And I, I, I guess, you know, the other side of Salinger's quote is that the creator of a book really enjoys hearing from his audience as mm -hmm. well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's wonderful about this, and I've heard it over and over again from guests here on Cars Yeah, is yes, we all love automobiles, motorcycles, trucks, whatever it might be that rolls on rubber, but it really in the end is about the people and the people around those vehicles and the relationships that we build. And, you know, you and I become friends since you appeared on Cars Yeah in the early days of my show, and uh, we certainly keep in touch. And uh, I, I just love what you're doing, and it really encompasses that Salinger quote, if you will, that car people become instant friends. There's a bond that forms there. I think it's fantastic. That's very true. You know, if, if it wasn't for the people, the cars would just be piles of glass, rubber, metal, paint. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Well, would you share with me a, a story that instigated your goal to write this new book about road trips? Take me to that point when you said, ah, I've got an idea now. I've written these two books about people's stories. Now let's take them on the road. Okay, well, after I completed the first book, I had more content for a second book. And so that volume turned out to be what I consider a, a pretty important book with stories about the Hot Rod Lincoln and the beginnings of West Coast Customs and, and others. But I've, I've really been graced with some wonderful reviews. And so I had some unpublished pieces that, in particular that led me to compile the third book, the Road Trip book. Mm -hmm. One of those pieces was pretty long and I'd considered editing it down, but it was so good I just wanted to leave it intact. It's a journal from one of the first contributors to the old Carnot book project. Chris Kimball had been so enthusiastic and open to sharing that he turned over to me a, a variety of different stories and an entire journal of his road trip to the 2012 Pantera Owners Club of America rally down in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Now, so some of his stories appear in the 
the first book. But the Polka Journal was so interesting and well-written that I decided to do the Road Trips book, and I threw away the, the constraint of, of length for stories submitted. Chris has been a guest here on the show, and I know him. He's a personal friend, and I, I'm smiling here as you tell this story because he's one of those car guys that really believes in using his vehicle. It's not oh. a garage queen. He gets out there and drives it. He sure does. Yeah. Now, another reason for the the focus on road trips for a third book was a manuscript I had found in a trunk when my father passed back in 1983. And as I opened it up, I discovered that it was a journal that was written by my grandfather in 1915 as the family moved from Waterton, South Dakota to Portland, Oregon in a Ford Model T touring car. Oh, my gosh. That's uh-huh. incredible. Yeah. And, and along with the manuscript, there were photographs that were taken along the way. So uh, Even it, better. <laughs> oh, it, it is absolutely amazing. And uh, I think readers are really going to enjoy it. It's it's well written, but it is in the style of the early 20th century. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't edit it into modern prose. I, it reads just as if you're reading a 1915 newspaper. Oh, fantastic. I love that. And that also framed the entire book as a century of road trips across America, Mark. And I put it as the first book in the story. So I don't know. I, I had other stories that I hadn't published that were were road trips actually too of my own so it was kind of a no-brainer to do the road trips book when it came right down to it we always like to talk about challenges and failures here and i would assume that writing a book like this where you're being submitted stories is fraught with challenges so i'd love for you to talk to (laughs) our audiences you know how do you take all these stories from people many of them are not writers and turned it into a book that is fun to read well actually the that part's not too hard, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But my biggest challenge is not everyone took pictures of their cars, their friends, the places that they went. Mm-hmm. And while some did, and those images helped to tell the story, it always seems to be a challenge in getting pictures for the stories. Yes. So, you know, there's images on the Internet that could apply to a given story, but because of copyright laws and, and out of respect for the owners of those images, I don't use them. But the images included in the book... And those that that are provided by the storyteller, it really makes a story come alive. And while some of them are presented without images, the ones that do have the images are just that much more valuable and personal. So, you know, getting pictures is the biggest challenge. Oh, I would imagine uh, the story I submitted to you and you were so kind to accept was my son and I when he was eight years old. He's 21 now. So back then there was no digital cameras. So I had to shoot film and I didn't shoot that much, even though I was really into photography. And when I went back and tried to find images, I realized, ah, there's just not that many of them there because we were spending most of our time driving. And he was too little to really operate the camera I had at the time. So I can imagine that is a huge challenge, especially with the older folks submitting stories from way back when shooting cameras was pretty rare, actually, even before the 60s. It was quite uncommon. Not a lot of people carried a camera around with them all the time. No, they're expensive. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments that you had. Maybe it's the aha moment to even come up with the profile of this book, but did you have one in this project? Well, I touched on a little bit earlier, but the reality is that this project's become much more than I imagined in the beginning. And I'm not talking about just this third book, but overall. What started out as an idea to share stories that are being told among a group car people in lawn chairs, you know, behind the bumpers of the old cars in a 
parking lot during a car show mm-hmm. actually turned into a way of preserving the stories that, if not shared, would be eventually lost. Oh, yeah. So another reason uh, I felt a compulsion to do the Road Trips book, besides that, my grandfather's journal, was a story that I found myself telling over the years about a, a trip that I'd taken with my fiancé in a 1960 Austin Haley. Hmm. And despite my efforts to prepare the car for the trip, a breakdown that couldn't have been anticipated left us in the middle of the nowhere Yeah. at dusk, mosquitoes attacking, and the promise of a cold night ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not a good situation. But before I could get the, out of the car and even lift the hood, a road angel appeared and created a moment in time that would not easily be forgotten. And so I decided to share it and, and preserve it. It's kind of like when you and uh, your son ran out of gas. The guy just showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and that happened again later when we were on a tour with the 356 Club. A guy just showed up out of nowhere. Wow. And it turns out he was on his way back home with some gas to mow his lawn. (laughs) And he recognized my car because it was on the cover of a catalog that I'd produced at the time. And he made a U-turn and came back and said, hey, I've seen this car before. And gave us all of his gas that he'd just gotten and um, went back to the gas station and we went on our way. So I love those road angels. It's what makes these stories so interesting. Again, we're back to the people again. We always go back to the people. How about Proud Moments? This book is brand new. It's available right now. What are you really proud of when it comes to this new creation of yours? I'd have to say that I'm extremely proud of how well the first two books have been received. The kind words in the reviews on Amazon, the praise given by many professionals in the business, the personal comments I hear when I meet people, it makes me wonder if I'm living my own life or if I've stepped into the twilight zone. <laughs> oh, I mean, what a great really feeling. really be happening to yeah, me? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so as an example, back in March, I was at the Portland Roadster Show and a new reader, now a friend, had his car on display and asked me to sign his trunk. This guy was a, a friend of... Penny Pachette's uh, actually a shirt trail relative, I believe, from decades ago, and they reconnected at this show. Wow. So when she introduced me to him, we became pretty fast friends. He asked me to sign his trunk. And How so, cool is that? Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm not asked for to sign my autograph other than either a <laughs> on a check for a bill or maybe inside a book that's being purchased. Sure. But, you know, I, so I was pleasantly amused. But then he proudly proclaimed to a mutual acquaintance who also had his vehicle in a 20-foot by 20-foot display mm-hmm. that I'd signed his trunk. And this guy that, that he was telling this, I've met before, and I've just – his truck is one that catches my drool at, at most shows that I see it at. <laughs> and he goes, hey, I have your books. Come and sign mine. And I replied to him. I said, what, you have your books with you? He goes, no, come and sign my dash in my truck. Oh, my gosh. How cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a star so, is born. Oh, my God. Well, we <laughs> walked over to his truck, and I had my Sharpie in hand, and I stepped over the rope and into the display area. You know, he removed the prop rod that was holding the door open. He said, go ahead, jump in, pick a spot. Well, I was in awe as I took the Sharpie and scrawled my signature besides George Barris, John D'Agostino, Daryl Starbird, oh, wow. Gene, Gene Winfield, Jimmy Shine, Dave Kindig, Lance Lambert, and a bunch of others. Yeah. So, yeah, that... That's so cool. <laughs> I really felt like in good company. I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and, are. Oh, that is fantastic. What a great and, story. Another thing that's really kind of got me swollen with pride here, and I, you know, I, I don't have a very big head most of the time, but... 
this last April on the 18th was the Washington State Hot Rod Hall of Fame. And I was given a uh, Outstanding Automotive Historian Award. Oh, congratulations. Well-deserved. How well, cool is you. that? That is so cool. Well, i got to say, you know, all of this comes on the heels of being on your show before. And, uh, <laughs> so being included in the list of the well-respected individuals that you consider inspiring on your podcast kind of has my head a few layers into the clouds as well. So let me just take a moment and say this, Mark. Yes. As you go about your business of finding these people and doing such a wonderful job of bringing out the details that we all find interesting about them, mm-hmm. I personally find you to be an inspiration. Oh, and well, I, thank you. <laughs> well, I think I probably speak for a lot of people when I say that. So I just want to offer up a big thank you to you for all the support you've given me in the old Carnut Book Project. You know, Well, I'm happy to do here. it. I'm happy to do it, and I really appreciate your kind words. You know, when I started this whole project of Cars yeah, back uh, eight months ago, nine months ago, I guess now, um, that was my goal, was to inspire other people so that they could realize the dreams that people like you and all my other guests have realized that if you want to get out there and do something that is wrapped around your field of passion, which in this case is cars, automobiles, motorcycles, you know what, you can do it, and here's some people who have. It's a lot of work. It's really hard. Some days you feel like quitting, but you just persevere. So uh, I right. appreciate that. Thank you. That's really kind of you. All right. Well, like they say, you demand. <laughs> well, thanks. That's great. Now my head's in the clouds. David, tell me about the other books, a little bit more about your first two books. Okay. Well, Mark, uh, on my Amazon authors page, there are the first two books there in the old Carnot book series. And that's what really started this journey that we're discussing now for me. But there's also a couple of ebooks that I've written to assist people in selling their own vehicles. People often take this. Uh, you know, for sale by owner task on to maintain control of their vehicle or to avoid commissions and, and make more money in a shorter amount of time and with less hassle. Sure. Basically what I do in these ebooks is I tell people what I've done for years as both a dealer and as a private seller to be successful. So for seven dollars and ninety nine cents there's a lot of tips on how to retain thousands of dollars that might otherwise be lost in a sale. Oh great. They're called FSBO Auto Advisor's Guide to Selling Your Classic Car and FSBO Auto Advisor's Guide to Selling Your Late Model Vehicle. So they're, they're both products of a consulting business that I use to help people sell in the private party marketplace. Yeah, fantastic. And I'll make sure that we'll put those up on your show notes page so listeners who maybe are in their car right now or running or walking or out doing something can go back to carsyad.com, pull up your show notes page, put David in the search box, and you can find these tremendous resources and save yourself some money. How about writer's remorse? I always talk about seller's remorse, but what about writer's remorse? Is there anything you wish you'd done a little different in this book? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd started all of this sooner. Mm. You know, like I said, the project has gone from let's share some stories to preserving stories uh, so they're not lost. Mm-hmm. And sadly, there have been some cases where I either did not get the stories from an individual that passed or we lost a contributor between the time that we finalized the edit of the story and when it actually was published. Oh. So in in two of those cases, they were people that were part of my life. So 
this urgency has really kind of hit home. Yes, I understand that. I'm always seeking out guests, and I love getting people on Cars Yeah who've been around. You know, I've had some people on my show, Don Garlitz and um, Danny Thompson and, and many others who are, you know, getting up there in age and are still active in the trade. And there's so many others I would love to have on the show to preserve some moments of time with them. I think it's so important. So uh, mm-hmm. you and I share that passion for sure. How about upcoming projects? I know you're working on something else down the road. Can you tell oh, us yeah. about that? Sure. Well, because of the urgency to preserve the stories, and there it goes back to the preserving again, mm-hmm. I've decided to do two more focused books. The first two books were What's Your Story? And then these last three are, are, are more for focused. Mm-hmm. Book four in the series will be dedicated to racing. So street, strip, track, wherever. Where do you like to go fast? Cool. I've started gathering those stories already, and, and we're off to a good start. But just like the road trips, almost everyone has a tale about going fast, and some of the early pioneers of racing certainly have stories to tell that should be saved. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I think I might have a story or two to submit to you from my vintage racing days, so I think I better get my uh, fingers a-tapping on my keyboard here. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know that, that brings up the, the really the neat part about this book and, and all of them are that they're, uh, they're personal stories. They're written by the individual. They're not articles in a magazine written by a journalist. Yes, yeah, that's what makes them so special, I think. That's what makes them so fun to sit down and read on a sunny morning with a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm also collecting stories for a fifth book right now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one's going to focus on the two greatest generations that came before the baby boomers. Oh, so awesome. For, for those people that were born before, before 1946... This is the book to save your stories for family and friends before you're not able to tell them. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea, too. Fantastic. That's great. We all know people that have passed, uh, you know, the surly bonds of earth, and and we wish they'd left a piece of themselves in the written word, sharing from their own perspective. So that book could be, you know, important historically at some point. You know, these old guys, I say old guys, <laughs> the ones before 1946, these are the, the early hot rod pioneers. Oh, yeah. They're the ones that set the tone, the, the style, and the pace for all of us to follow. And they're getting up there now, and it'll be important for future generations to, to know their stories. I think so. How about your favorite author? Is there an author in particular that really inspires you and continues to inspire you today? Well, writers are readers, Mark, and so I read a lot and have many authors I've enjoyed over the years. The two that I'll mention are pretty special to me for different reasons, though. Mm-hmm. First, while I thoroughly enjoy his writing, Hugh Howey inspires me because he truly has embraced self-publishing. He shares his experience with other writers, and in my opinion, he's the one of the writers that are really paving the way for the whole self-publishing field. And additionally, our mutual friend, Lance Lambert. Oh, uh, Yes. Yeah, he well, he's always inspired me. He's the author of Fenders, Fins, and Friends, Confessions of a Car Guy, and the soon-to-be-released Gears, Grins, and Gasoline, My <laughs> Wheel Life Adventures. I love his titles. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he writes in a similar style to my own, and we've often remarked to each other how our, each other's writing plays kind of in the same octave. But more importantly, his personal encouragement has been invaluable. More than once, he's complimented me and pushed me forward, so... Mm-hmm. I don't need much of his encouragement as I used to because now it's just really a matter of keeping up with the demand. But in the early part of this whole thing, his uh, his words of encouragement were invaluable to me. Yeah, great guy. I really like Lance a lot. 
Did I say Lancelot? (laughs) (laughs) I think I did. Oh, well, he's probably heard that before. I'm sure he has. So, David, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little word from our Cars Yeah sponsor. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at CarpeGear.com. And be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's CarpeGear.com, C-A-R-P-E, Gear.com. All right, David, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. You give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yep. What's the best book writing advice you ever received? And who was it from? Well, I was going to say as simple as it sounds, the words just do it. And I... You know, Nike's <laughs> Nike yeah. is credited with that. But I find that if I don't sit down and write, I don't get anything written. Yeah. Like anyone, I have self-doubt, and I, I question whether I'll find the words. But I realize that once I put my fingers to the keyboard and let them start talking, the words flow. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's one of the reasons I want to do some fiction writing in the future. I have, uh, after I finish these uh, books in the old Carnet book series, I I want to gather some automotive artists with, you know, pictures that kind of speak to me and create some fictional stories around a single image. Yeah, I love that. You know, I've had many authors on Cars Yeah here, and I hear that over and over again. It's just sitting down and doing it is mm-hmm. the hardest part. And once you get flowing, uh, things start to happen. But great advice. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your ability to create these books and finish these projects? Well, because I'm, uh, you know, compiling other people's stories, I think attention to detail is is the most important thing here. Uh, around the house, I drive my family crazy because I want things done in a certain way. I like <laughs> I'm a Virgo. Yeah. I like things to balance and be symmetrical. I like I's dotted, T's crossed, and it bothers me when a sentence doesn't flow or or have the intended interpretation because of incorrect punctuation. Uh, I recently saw a picture that pointed out in a simple way of just how important punctuation is in conveying a thought or idea. It's a, an image of a professor. Uh, he, he wrote a string of letters on a chalkboard, and it, it could be read more than one way depending on the punctuation. Oh, yeah. And he wrote seven words. A woman without her man is nothing. Well, men might put commas in place so that the sentence reads, a woman without her man is nothing. <laughs> a woman might punctuate the sentence to read, a woman without her man is nothing. <laughs> so attention to detail is one of the most important factors in editing these books. Absolutely. That's why I love that uh, online Grammarly that I read because uh, you see things like that posted on that site and you go, oh, yes, I uh-huh. see how that could be changed. It brings it all together. Now, that, that, all this is not to say that somebody won't find an, an error or a mistake in my book, but I, I do try. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of resources did you access while writing this book? Early on, I found a book called APE, Author, Publisher, Entrepreneur 
by a guy named Guy Kawasaki, and he partnered up with a guy named Sean Welch. And it became an invaluable resource for this whole self-publishing adventure. I think self-publishing is being looked at with a lot more respect than it was in the early days. A lot of the new authors are going that route, and many established authors have as well. It just allows more control over the finished product. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners that David's book is available now. And again, we're coming up to the end of the show, and he's got something special special for you, so hang on for that. All right, now it's time for the checkered flag. If there's one singular message you'd like our readers to get from this new book, the old Carnot book number three, what would that message be? Well, it's always been my intention to uh, provide a place that will give a voice to those people that want to share, Mark. We come in all shapes and sizes, economic status, ages, interests. And some of the people in the books are, are wealthy with large collections. and Some are scraping by to own one rusty old beater. But there is a common denominator, and that is the passion for the old cars. And the old car stories are the fabric of our lives. So the old car nut book series simply seeks to be the needle and thread that weaves all those fabrics together. Well, one of the wonderful reviews I received was from a a reader that made a very profound observation that we're all very much alike, and we have been for decades. He went on to explain that the stories in the books, that we're all doing the same things to the same cars, with the same kinds of people all across the country, and without even knowing each other existed. I love it. That's great. Well, we're nearing the end of the show here, and we teased our listeners at the beginning to tell them there's something special we're going to do for them. As a gift to the Cars Yow listeners, David is offering a personally autographed copy of his book when you make a purchase. All you have to do is email David at ocnbstore at ocarnutbook.com and tell him that you heard him on Cars Yow. And David will personalize your book with an autograph or a saying. Maybe you want to give a book to a friend or family member. And again, that's ocnbstore at oldcarnutbook.com. Tell them Mark sent you. And of course, this will be listed on David's show notes page here at Cars Yeah at the website. David, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing this new book in your series. I'm so excited about it. Could you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset on your road trip? Sure, sure. As I'm looking at, you know, as I'm looking around for stories for the books, um, particularly now for the racing and the greatest generation books, I'd like people to know that it isn't as difficult as they might imagine. Sharing the story is a process. And if the people listening right now have a thought that they have stories to tell, but they don't consider themselves writers, it's okay. From the beginning, this has always been my desire to to help people share their personal stories. And some of the best stories in the first three books came to be a bit rough and needed some work, whether it be grammar, sentence structure, filling in details uh, through research and communicating, or asking questions to find the larger story. They all start somewhere. So it's my job as the editor of these books to put the finishing touches on the story and make it the best it can be. I ask people to just dig into their boxes of old pictures and let them tell you the stories because we all have stories about the, the times that have affected our lives, the events that have, uh, have taken us from one place to another. And they, they keep us enthralled with the old cars and the people that we gather with around them. It's all about the people and the sharing. 
So as I edit, I I strive to maintain the original flavor of a story. I I don't make things up. I don't change the details. Uh, any resourcing I do, finding research, you know, to to find things to fill in, don't take away from the story. Everything's designed to enhance the story. I want people to be able to be proud to say to their family and their friends, "I got published in the old Carnet." <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. And Fifty years from now, when we're gone and our great grandchildren are reading. You know, looking at our stories, we'll have a little bit left of ourselves for them to cherish. Absolutely. Fantastic. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and all your books? Well, if they go to my author page on Amazon, amazon.com slash author slash Dickinson with a lowercase d. Uh, somehow it screws up if you, you don't have that lowercase d. There's all the reviews. There's information about me. There's information about me on the website at uh, oldcarnutbook.com. They can always call me and email me. Ask me anything they want. And I promise you, he'll answer too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There's one other thing I wanted to offer up to listeners that, yes. uh, you know, that are listening right now and, and have, uh, have the opportunity to hear this. When they email me or call me to do a, a purchase where I sign the book and everything, if they ask, I'll also send them by email a digital copy of a poster-sized book cover that they can print out. All right. If they want, they and this is just for Cars Yes listeners, or All Cars right. Yeah listeners, because anybody else I'm going to promote this to will, will pay for these posters. But that would be, if you want, you can send me an image, and I'll replace the book cover oh, image with your image. How cool is that? <laughs> so, Very you. cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, listeners, again... You can find everything that David is offering today and talked about at carsyeah.com slash David Dickinson. And his last name is D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N. David, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise for coming back on the show again as the first uh, reappearing guest here on Cars Yeah. I'm so excited that it was you. And, and thank you for the special offers for the Cars Yeah listeners. Take advantage of this, you guys. I think you will really enjoy this new book. And if you don't have the first two books, get yourself copies of those too. And I bet you if you email David, he'll sign a couple for you as well. I can do that. The, all three books are available that way. I'd be more than happy to sign them and scribe them. They're great gifts. One last thing. Yes. I always tell people the books are available in print and as an ebook. And when anytime I see somebody with a Kindle, I tell them, you know, you can buy the book as a gift and download the ebook for free. There you go. So even better. Yeah. Awesome. There again, thank you, David. And best wishes for robust sales of this new great book, The Old Car Nut Book Number Three, A Century of Travel Across America. I can't wait to get my copy in my hands. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!